Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. You're not good enough may be the exact words that you hear from an outwardly arrogant, overt narcissist. But the covert narcissist, they won't say this directly. They, in fact, will say to you, you are too good for me. While at the same time, they make you feel worthless. You're too good to me, followed with days of ignoring you. Lost in video games or their phone, paying no attention when you talk to them, ignoring, not answering, giving you short answers. You certainly don't feel too good. In fact, you feel not good enough. This is the passive aggression of a covert narcissist. You don't deserve me, yells the more overt narcissistic person. But the covert narcissist, they passively and quietly say, I don't deserve you. This triggers your desire to prove to them that they do, that they are valuable and valued. It kicks you into gear to pour all this energy into them. And this is an endeavor that's not achievable. You pour so much effort into them while they continue to feed off of all of your energy. The overt narcissist, they will tell you straight up that your needs and your wants don't matter. They might even laugh in your face. They don't cover their narcissism. But the covert narcissist, they'll tell you that your needs are very important. In fact, you should pay more attention to the needs and wants that you have. But those words don't match how they make you feel. They ignore your feelings, walk all over them, overlook any needs that you voice all the while telling you that they care. You absolutely feel like your needs and wants do not matter at all. Out of the words of an overt narcissist, they might say, you're a controlling lunatic. The covert narcissist, they'll tell you that you need to be more direct with your words. You know, I'm just trying to help you to become a better person. And then when you are, they play the victim of your insensitive words. The covert narcissist will tell you that it's wonderful that you're in touch with your feelings. But at the same time, they make you feel bad for these very feelings. They'll make you feel like your feelings are wrong or perhaps tell you that, you know, you might need to feel this a little differently or that way or they play the victim off of those exact feelings. They might tell you that you're so creative and how amazing this is while at the same time saying, let me show you how to do it. They might say, you know, I think that it's great that you're so athletic. But at the same time, you can feel their jealousy as they steal the spotlight from your accomplishments. They might say to the people around you, you know, isn't it great how much that I was able to help her or him on this journey and and that I was really a part of all of this, stealing that spotlight while telling you that it's so great that you are athletic. A more overt approach is when they tell you, you're fat. I'm not attracted to you anymore. The covert narcissist won't say that. They might even, in fact, say, no, you're not fat. I like you this way. But later, they make you feel completely unattractive and conscientious of you and your weight or your uh, physique. They might say things like, are you eating that ice cream again? Anything to undercut your confidence in you. 
The overt narcissist tells you you're no good at working with people. You don't know how to communicate. But the covert narcissist tells you the exact opposite. I was told I was so good at communicating. In fact, he told me that he was impressed with the way that I could talk to people about things that they've done wrong or poorly and that they didn't take offense at it. He said that he was just amazed at that. And he said, how do you talk to people about, you know, such tough things and they don't take offense. In fact, they walk away your best friend. He said he wanted to learn this trait from me. And yet how many times did he tell me that I didn't know how to use my words well? How many times did he tell me, well, you know, you ought to talk to people this way or you should say it that way while telling me I'm a good communicator. It's sure not the way he made me feel. The destructive messages of a covert narcissist are so incredibly subtle. You don't see it coming, and often you're not aware of it for quite some time. So we bounce back and forth between he loves me, he loves me not, or she loves me, she loves me not. Along with this, we bounce back and forth between this is my fault, this is their fault, my fault, their fault, my fault, their fault. All of this going on back and forth in your own mind, trying to figure out what's reality here. You go back and forth between, I'm a good person, I'm not a good person, I'm a good person, I think I'm a good person, I'm not a good person. When we get used to listening to the people in our world that we believe know us and care about us, we start bouncing back and forth this way when we are receiving all these destructive messages. We are accustomed to listening to their words about us, we're accustomed to believing them, and in fact, we internalize their words. We believe their words over our own beliefs. And if it's not their direct words, it's the way they make us feel by their indirect words. And we lose sight of who we really are. We, in fact, make ourselves smaller because of these destructive messages from those, again, that we believe love us. That belief that this person knows us and loves us keeps us hooked in this back-and-forth ping-pong environment. We overanalyze everything, we ruminate on everything, replay in their words, replay in our words, what happened, what we wanted to happen, what we might have said, what we should have said, on and on this goes. And even when I settle in on, I am a good person, there's this small, relentless voice inside of us that questions this reality. Am I really? When we settle in on, okay, this is their fault, not mine, there remains this small yet so powerful voice inside of us that challenges this. Is it really their fault? In a relationship with a covert narcissist, you will feel like you are never good enough. And if there is a small piece of you that hangs on to that fear that this just might be true, you will find yourself so much more reactive, defensive, self-protective, guarded. When you defend yourself, are you trying to convince yourself or are you trying to convince this other person? When I defend myself that, no, I really am a good person, I find that I'm trying to convince myself as much as I am anyone else in this world. The best victim of gaslighting is someone who doubts themselves. 
Listen to those words. The best victim of gaslighting is someone who doubts themselves. If you are, let's say, you know, a daughter, a sister, a brother, a son, any of these roles in your life, you don't doubt them. Okay. These are not things that you doubt. If somebody came up to me and said, well, you're not a mom. I wouldn't accept their comment at all. Yes, I am a mom. I mean, I've got two kids. That's, I can prove that it's, it's true. And I know it's true. And there's no piece of me that's ever going to doubt this. So if they start gaslighting me on this, it's not going to go anywhere. I'm not going to bite. I'm not going to, I'm not going to start doubting myself. Okay. Maybe I'm not a mom. Maybe I wasn't there in the hospital room when this happened. None of that's going to happen because I can completely internally validate. Yes, I am a mom. But if someone says to me, you're too sensitive. Well, now this is different. Now I have to consider maybe they're right. I mean, I don't have to, if I am truly firm in my belief that I'm not too sensitive and I can look at that and evaluate that for myself and decide for myself and validate my own thoughts about it, then I'm not going to be a victim of their gaslighting me. But if I doubt myself, if there's even that small little piece of me that goes, huh, I wonder if they're right. That causes me to now be the perfect victim for gaslighting. The internal dialogue begins defending myself, explaining why I'm not these things. Who am I explaining that to, them or to me? Making strong arguments that may or may not ever get voiced. I'm now trying to convince myself that these things are not true. And these are things like, I'm too sensitive or I'm too controlling. I'm lazy. I'm too needy. This list goes on and on. Maybe I mostly don't believe them. But there might be this small piece of me that's afraid that that might be true. That's the piece that gets activated. That small yet powerful voice is the one that now causes me to question my reality, to doubt my perceptions, and to doubt me. This becomes that perfect target for manipulation. For healing, one of the things that I ask people to do is to write a list of destructive messages that you have received from the covert narcissist in your life. Or overt narcissist, doesn't matter, but toxic people in your life. Write a list of the destructive messages that you've received. In fact, I'm putting together a free handout of this exercise for anyone who joins my mailing list. If you're already on my mailing list, you're going to receive it as well. This is a list of the many destructive messages that people have received from toxic and abusive individuals in their life. And this list is just to get you started. It just maybe will help you to remember some of the others that you, maybe we've forgotten, but they're still there. Again, that small voice deep inside. And you might remember these messages as you read through this list. And on this list, I encourage you to add more if there's others that need to be there that aren't. But I also encourage you then to circle the ones that ring true in your situation. Circle the ones that were communicated from them to you, either directly or indirectly. Like I said, add to this list any that you experienced and that you don't find on this handout. This list includes things like, I'm too angry. I'm hard to love. I'm not supportive enough of them. I'm overreacting to everything. I'm inadequate. I'm never happy. My feelings don't matter. My accomplishments are not worth celebrating. I take things too personally. Everything is my fault. Now, what do we do with this list? 
after going through this, thinking about your toxic partner, go through that list again, this time in a different way. Take a different color pen and circle the destructive messages that you received as a child. Messages that were communicated to you by your parent, your sibling, friends, your caregiver, your church, or anyone else in your life. Often there is a strong correlation between the destructive messages that we receive as a child and the ones that play out for us in adulthood. These thoughts became normalized inside of us as a child, and so we don't see the problem with them when we are receiving them from a romantic partner. Instead, we internalize them yet again. We make excuses for them yet again. We defend ourselves. We blame ourselves for the small pieces that we believe just might be true. The third step of this exercise is to take yet a third color. Now mark the destructive messages that you tell yourself. The ones that you hold on to are the ones that you hold on to the fear that they just might be true. The ones that you can't stand in your own truth and validate for yourself. Which of these messages have you internalized? Which ones have taken root and causing damage within you? The last step, this is where we now start rewriting those destructive messages. I'm too sensitive becomes I am sensitive, and this is a strength within me. I'm not afraid of it. I'm not ashamed of it, and I won't defend it anymore. I'm too angry becomes I experience anger when things are not right in my world. My anger shows me injustices that are happening. I listen to it now. My anger allows me to see the abuse of treatment that I'm experiencing, and my anger motivates me. To make changes. I'm not supportive enough of them. That becomes I have supported them in many ways. And I stand in the truth of this. It is not my job to provide the complete support to them that they cannot provide to themselves. In fact, this is not possible. It's not possible to fill that hole within someone who cannot emotionally and psychologically support themselves. As you heal, you will find the ability to validate yourself, validate your feelings, your thoughts, your perceptions, and your reality. I want to challenge one destructive message specifically, the message that we are not good enough. This one rings true in almost every single person I talk to that comes to me in individual or group coaching. This message is communicated to so many of us in our childhood and in adulthood. That question, you know, am I good enough? I want to challenge that with what exactly is good enough? What exactly does that mean? What does that look like? By whose standards are we going? Who sets the definition of this? What does it mean to be good enough? Think about that. Does it mean being perfect? And again, I would ask even to that, what is perfect? By whose definition? You are good enough just being you. You can keep growing and learning. That doesn't mean that you don't. In fact, that's part of being good enough. Of course, you can keep learning and growing. It does not mean you have all the answers right now. In fact, it does not mean that you will ever have all of the answers. 
but you can accept that about yourself. That's part of this journey. It simply means that you're on the journey of becoming more and more of you with all your weaknesses and all your strengths. You are beautiful just the way you are. Stay on that path of discovery and growing. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to check out our website at www.covertnarcissism.com. There you will find many resources just for you to help you on this journey. You can also reach out to me by email at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are C-N-G as in Covert Narcissism Group. I do look forward to hearing from you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. The information provided by Renee Swanson and the Covert Narcissism Podcast is for educational purposes only and is not to be used for diagnosis purposes and not intended to be a substitute for clinical care. Please consult a healthcare provider for guidance specific to your case. This material discusses narcissism in general. It does not claim that any specific person has narcissism and should not be used to refer to any specific person as having narcissism. Permission is not granted to link to or repost this material to support an allegation or a claim that any specific person is a narcissist. That would be an unauthorized misuse of the material and information provided.